Hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode 10 of the STA podcast. And uh, maybe, yeah, then so now it's maybe a good time that we are going to change the title of this podcast entirely so we can go more in general about games and science and technology in general. Just uh, since we are doing this uh, game balancing, this fourth time. So why don't make it part of the podcast in a official way? Yeah, let's adopt it. Yeah. Are you going to restart the countdown? Uh, absolutely. This is, not, this is number <laughs> 10. We're going to rebrand, start at one again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can call 1.1. That is the episode 11. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So no, we don't rebrand anything. <laughs> and it's already difficult to get people to listen to this one if we rebrand it. I want to do everything again. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe there are like few people following the Twitter. And that's it. Just change the name of yeah. the Twitter. Nobody's going to realize. <laughs> so today we want to continue a little bit from the other time. And we kind of stopped somewhere. I don't remember where. But we were speaking about competitive shooter games, Counter-Strike, a lot. So we could continue speaking about level design in competitive games and, and Counter-Strike, in this case, maybe more. And uh, so, first of all, I have this one one thing that if you think about Counter-Strike and you think about maps in Counter-Strike, what comes to your mind first? Um, there's very, well, to me, very come to, comes first. There's very little um, dead ends, if, if any. Oh, wait, wait, first of all, which is the map that comes first? Ah, the dust. Yeah, dust too. <laughs> yeah, yeah dust too. But from okay. the overall layout of the maps, uh, comes to mind that there's quite few, if any, dead ends. So basically, they are. Uh, you you could say that they are a complicated circle. All the maps. Most of most of the classic maps are basically a figure eight. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. You've got um, but you've got. You know, both teams essentially always have a bath right, left, and center. And it's basically like a figure eight. And there's just portions of it have been rescaled or redesigned or made more complicated based on the map and whatever. But usually it's basically just a figure eight. And this is a very uh, sharp contrast to, well, battlefield maps or well, I don't know. I don't know about Call of Duty maps, but, but well, they are lane-based maps. So in Call of yeah, Duty, quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, lane-based lane based maps or uh, huge areas, uh, and like also about the field map, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, also, or the or the very cl- classic like arena shooters, which are more like a circle with mm-hmm. maybe yeah. maybe some shortcuts. Or even in a in a sharper contrast to single-player maps, where there's usually, if not always, uh, well, obviously there is somehow always huge but, variety. Yeah, but but uh, usually it's a linear uh, progression. So you start from somewhere and then you sort of go forward. Yeah, if it's this more traditional single-player, not yeah. Yeah. Open world that everything has to be like that now. Yeah, I would, I, I would, <laughs> I would challenge challenge and say that there are. There's a lot of variety in single player, just not not at the extremes of open yeah, yeah. versus linear, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, essential. but I mean, overall, uh, it's single players are you find more linear sort of 
maps in single players compared to multiplayer yeah. maps. Yeah, you don't want to go circular in a single player, maybe because you start and go somewhere. You don't start and go back at well, the start. So it depends, yeah. but most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I so know. going back to the, what the point is, like, uh, but would you see? Okay, we were discussing before. So a map for uh, any shooter needs to be made for everybody. So yeah. someone comes to the game, someone plays thousand hours, and someone is uh, making the living playing the game. The map is the same. How do we do that? What what well, do we do that? Johan, are you going to say it this time? Um, it depends. Yeah, heavily <laughs> 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 on, uh, on what, what the game is like. Yeah, what you're trying to achieve. Like. Um, but, and, you know, the, the different mechanics and the sort of, um, designed metagame and the tactical strategic variety and, you know, the ceiling of what's possible. Like if you're, if all of you, if, if all you have are teams who shoot each other with guns that just go direct line of sight, then you're talking about a completely different level design situation than when you've got like pickups or uh, or like in Counter Strike, diff- different sorts of grenades and flash smoke setup possibilities, and you know, this or, sort of more high level coordinated team stuff. Or or if you have a, a very simple way of moving, so basically running and jumping versus some sort of uh, rocket boosted jumps or I don't know, rope flinging mechanics or uh, like they made in, in some game, I don't remember the name, but uh, it was basically a 3D uh, shooter or rather um, it was a shooter in space. So basically, Yeah, the game from Future Mark. What okay, was yeah, some. yeah. So I mean, if it, uh, the, the more complex the sort of the moving system or moving mechanics, that, that has to be taken into account as well in the level design because if you have played it well and you mastered the movement, then you can uh, you, you gain a huge um, advancement and a huge edge, um, and and also the levels can be more complicated for for the for the more experienced players. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas if I'm trying. Have- I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something like specific you you can do to expand the sorts of viability of a level for different types of play. And uh, I think one of the, um, this is, yeah, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty heavily stumped. Um, yeah, is it, could it be that you first start on the basic design on the map? So you decide like, okay, there's gonna be three lanes and they all go to one final point where the two teams start. And then maybe there is a certain, like in the center, a bigger area where they can meet each other. That's the starting. And then you add things that maybe if you go to these two boxes on top of each other, you can shoot in a certain place. And that is more for something that you have to discover the more you play. And if you just start to play, you don't care about that. You just go and move, go around. Yeah, I mean, kind of small things. I would make a, I would make a, 
clear difference between uh, things you uh, things you discover through experience, the sorts of uh, game knowledge, knowledge about the the map, map knowledge, like the sight lines and all of that. That can be, you know, uh, gotten even at pretty low levels of play if you just play a lot and you know know about the sight lines and the like tricky spots and and whatever. I think the main interesting difference between low levels of play and the sorts of competitive professional play are uh, options in team play and coordination and uh, the sorts of uh, like tac- tactical uh, nuances of how how coordinated professional teams play versus just uncoordinated, probably uncommunicative uh, pickup game groups. And how do you reflect that in the map? Uh, well, just or- a Quick, quick note um, to the last point that I made. Yeah. That um, this also sort of heavily um, ties to flow of information between team members. So yeah, imagine if you, for example, a game where you can't use uh, voice over. I mean, you can't use an external, for example, Discord or or, or a Teamspeak or whatever. Sort of. Um, I don't know. For example, in Arm Dust All Three, Arm Three, there's these mods. Arthur knows more about this, but yeah. these mods that uh, sort of let you you hear only basically uh, the people who are close to you, unless you're using a radio. So in the game, so um, this sort of flow of information comes also can it can really affect sort of um, or, or rather level design can affect the flow of information because if you can see something. Um, you don't necessarily have to hear anyone speaking. So um, if level design is, is something that you can't see from one part of the level to any other part, then uh, basically all of the information has to go by uh, by sound because you can't see it. But if, on the other hand, you have uh, different spots in the level where you can see other spots further away, you can uh, use this visual information and, and sort of... This was... a uh, I'm not entirely sure what kind of point <laughs> I, I was trying to make, but overall, um, how just... do you make that? Like, how do you make the game so that you cannot uh, use uh, Discord, for example? Like, you um, cannot really well, do that. If, if you're making a P- if you're making a PC game, uh, you you can't effectively just completely remove the chance of someone else, someone using a, an external program. Uh, well, you could, but it would be terribly invasive and, uh, you know, not, yeah, yeah. Not, not a cool thing to do. You will not uh, sell the game. Yeah, yeah. This game monitors all of your, <laughs> all of your processes and, and has access to your tasks and yeah. stuff. That, that would not sell. But, you know, uh, in the case of Arma, it's decidedly not a competitive game it's you okay know, yeah you want uh, to do it, that it, it's 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 an honor system of we are going to use this this system to communicate and nothing else um yeah, but like, immersion also i guess part of the game is to play the game yeah 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 with arma with any sort of like the milsim community community that would use the uh, the radio, the realism radio mods and stuff. Uh, it's all about, you know, why would you not use this? It's cool, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's the it's the point of the game is to simulate the environment, and that's a pretty big part of the simulation. Um, but 
to get back to the level design thingy, try, trying to balance uh, high level versus low level play. Um, you know, you can you can have various possibilities like built into the level, uh, some of which are more more easy to do, but also less effective. Like in Counter Strike, you've got obviously you've got in most maps you've got excellent possibilities of setting up really intricate smoke grenade placements basically across the map well not entirely across the map they've got stuff there on the way but uh, like you set up clearly in a position where the enemy if they're defending something cannot possibly see you and throw your grenades over over some rooftops and shit so that they land exactly where you want them where they block the exact sight lines you want them to block and for that you need communication and you need uh, excellent teamwork and uh, you need practice and stuff to remember the exact positions to throw the grenades from but you can block usually block the same sight lines from other positions that it's just usually there there are drawbacks to that it's easier to do but it's not as effective or it's not as uh you know uh uh not as stealthy or not uh, doesn't give you as many options in the or takes more time to go there or take or or makes more takes more time or you're you know uh not as safe doing it so you can do things but not optimized yeah yeah and, yeah, and but... they, they, these are these are like um throwing grenades in a certain manner and so on these are some some sort of non obvious things um I haven't played counter strike almost at all and and zero sort of you know in an actual team, so I don't know anything about this, and I don't even know how um how difficult it is to actually pull these off so can can for example i don't know a, a group of friends who play once a week or a couple of times a month, can they do these things? Is it available to them? But anyway, all of this is sort of um, an extra layer on the level design. Yeah. Basically, basically, the level design has to be something that allows this, but it doesn't really have Require to... Require it. Yeah, or, or even encourage it. It can sort of be just something that you might discover at some point and say, holy shit, that's cool. I didn't even know this is possible. Yeah. Um... I think one of the I think the one of the most important things there was um with with regards of trying to balance the uh, uh the gameplay on different levels of play uh is exactly that you can do all sorts of really cool coordinate coordinated stuff but you shouldn't you should not have to like if you if yeah. you make a level if you make a level uh, I'm going to use Counter-Strike as the example because we've been using it so far, uh, where both of the sites the terrorists are going to attack are just in perfect... Uh, they've got you know perfect visibility to each other, so the defenders can instantly just turn around and shoot at the other site. Uh, that effectively is going to require the attacking team to separate these sites probably with smokes flashes uh, and you know grenade placements in order to have any chance of actually taking one of the sites so that's mm. 
that might be sort of interesting for the really high level players for with different sorts of grenade setups in the in the middle blo- blocking lines of sight different timings uh all of that if you know if the level otherwise is made in a in a good way but it would it would just be trash for a low level play because you you cannot get the coordination and the yeah and you cannot you know rely on everyone having the having practiced all of those nade setups previously so you would just end up trying to take one site and facing all of the enemy team at the same time that's a then the the balance goes depending on like the level of the people basically it's a completely unbalanced for like let's say casuals but it's in a way balanced for high level play or or sort of it it doesn't necessarily have to be even sort of sort of um for high level play the um, the level doesn't have to be balanced so well because the teams can they 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 are so good that they can come up with ways to actually abuse or or get something to their advantage or in this sense sort of um use use uh some some sort of trained methods like uh specific grenade setups that sort of um level out the unbalanced unbalanced level so for uh go ahead you've got to you've got to consider the defending team in this case should is probably also going to be professional and uh even though it uh these highly advanced maneuvers and stuff tactics coordination might level the balance a little bit between the attackers and the defenders but it's you've still got highly professional players defending who are going to be yeah. familiar familiar with these tactics and stuff and will be able to defend those tactics much more efficiently than someone else would so mm-hmm. it's it might it probably would still be uh annoyingly unbalanced with like the attackers maybe being able to take a couple of rounds in a in a half and while while counter strike allows for allows basically for that sort of unbalance while still remaining sort of balanced through the entire map because you've got the side switching it's still not you know it's still not going to be a good map if one one side is almost always going to take the vast majority of the of the round yeah it's very true it sort of becomes a completely useless map because you you almost certainly already know the outcome uh, no matter well, what what's the the uh, financial situation you know it, it still might be interesting to play like uh previously uh, before some updates, um, I'm not sure about the pro status at right now. Uh, Nuke in NCS uh, pro games and even low level play was heavily, heavily favoring the defenders. And you know, people still played it while not all teams liked it. It was still getting played, and uh, you know, the outcome between the teams is still going to be uncertain it's just the outcome between the teams is going to overwhelmingly depend on you know a couple of rounds of difference and who gets more rounds attacking because mm-hmm. the, uh, because it was like you know you had a good you had a good attacking 
nuke half if you took like four or five rounds out of the 15. Yeah. It's not really interesting also for the people that actually watch or, well, I mean, it's not interesting to play even, but in the Counter-Strike, since it's a game a lot of people watch, then you, somehow you have to balance for that also in a way. So you make, yeah. make the game working properly. Like could be made that the attack wins only one or two because it's very difficult, but then it loses a lot of interest. Mm, yeah. And I, I, mean, I think the, the moments where the attackers can win are going to be much more exciting, but yeah, if, if, they're, but if they're just general apart, then, then it's not going to work. And also that's um, this, you can see both, I, I mean, you can see to the other side from one side, it sort of takes out lots of the intrigue of the of the game where you yeah where you don't necessarily know uh, which one they're going to attack or where they are coming from or how many are on this side and and how many are on that side. So yeah, that that's sort of something that it doesn't necessarily. Um, <laughs> I uh, you you could still do a whole bunch of like fakes and partial excuse and whatever and. Uh, at least there would, there would be less information game, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the information, inf- the information game, game, it's not as interesting. Yeah. But it will not be as interesting since you can actually Probably see. Not, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the information comes from someone being good at discovering what's going on on the other time. And it's like saying, okay, they are here, here. Yeah, if you can see it, it's like, yeah, well. <laughs> if, if, you, if you can just see the site, you can. Uh, you're going to basically have the same information you would in a, in a different source of map through your friends. Like uh, in a typical Counter-Strike map, you have the players defending the other map and they're going to tell you the instant someone's going, someone's attacking or throwing grenades or whatever. So the information transmitted between the sites wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily change very much. Okay, so I just uh, found in this blog speaking about maps in Counter-Strike that Nuke is still one, still unbalanced, and it's sixty percent uh, counter-terrorist win. So it's sixty percent, uh, and that's not you know. Yeah, um, it's better it, than before because it's, before it's it was still so slightly unbalanced. But I, yeah. I think you'd be hard pressed to find find a Counter-Strike map that is en- entirely balanced. There, they are usually slightly favoring the counter-terrorists just because defending is naturally much easier than attacking in this case they say that most of the problem might be that come from too high mobility around the map mm, yeah for the city got, because yeah you've got very quick uh rotations from one side to another in nuke yeah you can go like from many different places also because if you you can rotate fast but if you they know that they come from two place or four yeah. place that's completely different of course yeah, and and that reminds me actually of another sort of interesting point uh, in in balancing the experience of playing a Counter Strike map uh, because you've got you you have the attacking phase and then if the attack succeeds and they get the bomb down you've got the counter attacking phase the retake and yeah. some some maps are notoriously difficult to retake in. On, on some of the uh, sites like uh, Inferno, at least used to be incredibly difficult to retake unless you were 
exactly on top of your game and executing the, the retake as quickly as possible and as perfectly as possible. Well, what do you mean? That, what do you, or, or can you elaborate on sort of why does it become, is it, is it because um, when you retake, there's obviously only one place to attack and obviously only one place to defend, which is the side which has been taken? Or, or is there some other reason why sort of the actual retake is, is more difficult than the first, um, first attack? It's mostly due to the layouts and the level geometry. The available, um, the available routes to attack on the retake are usually going to be, you know, you're going to have more routes to attack the site. So that's a bit easier than the initial, uh, initial take from the terrorists. Really? But um, you've got, in Inferno particularly, you had loads and loads of different sorts of cluttered geometry inside the sites and uh, various like nooks and corners where the terrorists might be able to hide after planting the bomb. Uh, and you just had to clear so many corners and you ha- obviously have a much uh, higher time pressure on the retake because you've got oh, yeah. very, very far less time on the retake than they had on the attack initially. Uh, so that and then uh, the time it takes for the counter- counter-terrorists to get back to the other side is also going to affect the time pressure for the retake. Like, if you need to run across half the map, you're going to waste half of your potential time of retaking, mm-hmm. which effectively limits the the timings and the availability of, of the different attack routes. So yeah. again, with uh, from the data in this blog, I'm just reading this at this point. In the Inferno, there is, a, uh, there is no numbers. It's just a graph. But there is more city. Uh, winning like a bit more mm-hmm. looks yep. like five percent but the uh the winning by diffuse they are tiny bit bigger than the winning by bomb explosion so actually the retake okay. by the city looks at least now these are the new maps uh looks a teeny bit how, easier how than that? planting the bomb uh, how, well, does, how does that relate to winning by just killing everyone well it's uh maybe one sixth all right yeah so and yeah and and then there was the the nuke that we were speaking it's a lot more city and the retake is half of like double the wind and the bomb explosion so retaking in yeah yeah it's much easier because of of the old place you can come and the dust the, the dust too is like almost exactly mirrored yeah I mean that, in, and that is the map of Counter Strike. I guess there is a reason for that. Yeah, Dust Two is like the most classic map, and it's it's an outlier uh, because it it's uh, traditionally favored the terrorists more than the counter terrorists, uh, unlike basically every single other competitively played map. Hmm. And in this case, it looks that it's almost fifty fifty, probably because favors the terrorists a little bit. Yeah, and, and they changed. Uh, is that the new Dust 2? Yeah, yeah, those are the new updated. Maps, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they changed some of. They changed the uh, geometry just a tiny bit. They've got like slightly different scales and uh, widths of the alleys and stuff that might have 
uh, contributed to some change in the in the balancing. One interesting thing that just came to mind from from uh, Joe saying these statistics or this data about the victory rates is that I wonder if there's any any studies studies made of um, for example these victory rates not necessarily in, in Counter Strike but any any uh, competitive game where they have studied um, or well yeah done a statistical study of, of some change that has been made in the game and how does how does uh, that affect um, sort of the what, what is the outcome does it affect the um, one side winning more or the other side winning more or or uh, how do the players play um, obviously this is such a sort of um, it's just a large a large space of variables that it's difficult to make any any assumptions or many any um, find any correlation between two specific things because changing one thing might lead to uh, lead to a huge uh, cascade of, of smaller changes but I wonder if there's any actual studies made of this because uh, sort of the way uh, level design and, and game design is 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 done that is is that there's sort of experience gives you knowledge and, and then you believe your sort of guts and then follow your guts and and follow some guidelines but there's i i don't think there's that much sort of this actual statistical information or data about um what what changes uh cause yeah. what kind of behavior my sort of gut reaction is that uh, the sorts of things that you might change to affect uh, the experience of playing the game is so completely game-specific that it would be extremely hard to make any sort of larger, more comprehensive, more generalizable study from that. I, on the you, other you, hand, think uh, if you have, um, like, because many games are they are very individual and they are sort of very different, but they they all share some uh, core concepts. So, so yeah, I'm just saying that even between like Battlefield and Call of Duty or or whatever, I think it would be extremely difficult to select the variables and uh, uh, to make to make it so the uh, the changes and the probable factors that they they affect are in any way comparable yeah and yeah. i mean the gameplay is so different that i don't think you can ever it's basically like, the same game. <laughs> what no, can't it come on <laughs> yeah i mean battlefield and call of duty i meant yeah well come on they are completely different game <laughs> i would say the call of duty is more like random shoots. <laughs> Yeah, oh, in, yeah, in a yeah, way, yeah. it's much I, I, more. I, yeah, another. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not the same. But it's much more running and shooting than staying still and aiming well. That is more Counter Strike or Siege. Mm, yeah, I think. Yeah, there is much I'm, less. I, I honestly haven't played Battlefield or Call of Duty enough to make any sorts of. <laughs> but I haven't played Call of Duty, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, I missed a bit the discussion because I was checking the pictures of the the dust too. How it's gonna change, or it changed already. I don't know. There is no date yeah. in this thing, but they are kind of making small changes. But it's a lot of visual. It's basically redone completely visually. 
Yeah. Yes. So elements are in the same place ish. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, but then it really completely looks different. And that's interesting how that changes. Maybe for new player it doesn't matter anything, but for people that play this map all the time, it's you're used to watch for some visual clues around and now it's mm. you have to make new ones. Well yeah. Uh, does it, for I, example, I, I guess, yeah. Does it does it uh, relate in any way to the pixel perfect uh, smoke grenade uh, throwing? Probably, it does, yes. It's uh, completely absolutely. changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, the spots where you you're going to be able the reference points you can use to yeah. throw these grenades are going to be completely different, and you need to I, I probably you need to help figure out new setups. Uh, I would imagine in some in some in some bits, yeah. The, but if you don't change the geometry, you're not going to change the bounds of the grenades. But there's definitely some bits where where that still where that applies. Uh, the the visual cues you're looking for are, you know, I'm not high level enough of a player, and I don't play often enough these days uh, to make to make <laughs> accurate sweeping statements but my gut feeling about that is uh, is that the visual cues you're looking for are have stayed roughly the same it's just the bits where the geometry is different that yeah. you need to like uh you you've got places where you've previously been able to sort of pre-fire a spot like a standard way of clearing a site uh, one of the standard ways uh, is to, when you know the spots pe people are likely to play when defending, uh, you don't even wait to see whether you notice someone in that spot before you fire. You just go on, go in, and you you know you're going to fire at that exact spot because you've been playing it so much, and you just fire there. If there was a guy there, they're dead. If if there wasn't, then you know, you're cool. Yeah, you wasted some bullets, but whatever. Yeah, with with slight modifications to to the geometry, the pre-fire spots are going to be different. And I at least, well, it might have been that I had a huge break and hadn't hadn't been playing for very very long, so my pre-fires would have sucked even in the previous map. Uh, but I found like I was consistently just a couple of pixels off in my pre-fires, <laughs> like missed the guy's head by by the width of my crosshair or something, and then got absolutely an annihilated. Yeah, how it's supposed to be if you don't play well enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, Counter Strike it's really punishing if you do a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the time to kill is so low. It, you basically, uh, at certain levels of play, you're gonna have to play very, very well if you <laughs> if you want to survive. Yeah, you don't run away from a bad engagement, basically. Depends on your positioning. If you yeah, no, probably, good positioning, of course, you yeah. might be able to. Yeah, but, yeah, but I would say that that's not the game. How the game is played, <laughs> mostly. Well, again, that that depends entirely on the level of play. Oh yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm always thinking about the pros because I don't play Counter Strike, so I don't know my level you, of play. You still have you still have loads of. Uh, Loads of pros, uh, particularly on the defense, you you see this bit where they just take a 
slight peak, a short engagement, and then back off or switch their angles or whatever. It's really important in the high level of play mm-hmm. to, uh, to know when to keep on engaging and when to fall off, re- reposition, you know. Actually, uh, uh, just a qu- quick anecdote. Um, uh, in, in Rocket League, one of the, one of the um, World Championship Series, which is going going on right now, not not the finals or any of that, but the league play. Uh, they um, that they the commentators mentioned that in rocket, high level rocket league, you really have to know um, when when should you fight and when should you just you know leave the fight. And fighting in this case means challenging the ball. So uh, also in rocket league, uh, you have to pick your fights. There's a, there's such thing as a backing away from a fight. It's not considered uh, stupid or or um, um, cowardly as yeah, some macho sports, but it's actually uh, like a, one of the best moves you can make is to understand when to fight and when to back off. Yeah, I mean you have to win the game. Doesn't matter how you do it. If sometimes the other is gonna win, then why do you? Yeah, yeah. Why do you waste time? Them? Yeah. Yeah, and what what are you going to give in order to try? Like, yeah, exactly. position, positioning is probably very important in Rocket League, and if you just sort of try to go for it and end up completely mispositioning yourself and not yeah. being in the spot you need to be to defend, that's gonna be tough for your team. Yeah, yeah. So you and might I... you might go and do an extremely awesome action and then win. Okay, make a goal or whatever, but then. If you lose, it's equally bad. That is going to be completely a huge fail on your side. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's sort of somehow interesting. Then in, in um, Counter Strike, if you lose uh, individually, if you lose, then you're dead and you can't play anymore. And that, that sort of that's it for you. The round uh, you made you made already the mistake, and that's it for you. Whereas in Rocket League, uh, your teammates might be able to save you from from your mis- or save your team after the mistake. So if you make a bad, bad yeah. situation, then uh, your teammates might be able to save save the goal or save the ball from going to the goal. But that probably leads to uh, another bad situation, which usually uh, in high level play ends up in a goal. Yeah, but you in Rocket League, you have the chance of getting back into it after. Yeah. It's basically just a short time penalty where you cannot be as effective as as you maybe might yeah. be otherwise. In Counter Strike, it's either you can't play for the rest of the round and your team is going to be under undermanned, uh, or it's you screwed up that encounter, got away, but you gave up in super important map control to the enemy and. Mm. They can now set up more freely, or they have, or you're uh, severely limited in the information you can get from what they're going to do next. And since, yeah, yeah, continue. Oh, well, yeah, anyway, I was just going to uh, slightly, well, the original topic from which we have strayed a bit, but um, yeah, but since map control is such an important um, part of at least Counter Strike and Probably other this kind of game as well. For example, StarCraft, which is a very heavily map-based game. Um, when when you have to when you try to design uh, a level for this kind of play, 
it's it's probably a very good idea to often look at your map from different angles so straight up yeah. and then from the player's view uh from from uh all the positions you can think of because when you look at it from straight up you can see the so see the sort of the easy layout and you can find out the knots and the areas which which are offering one team a very uh, great advantage or the other one less of an advantage or you can figure out the very clear spots where the sort of the fights are going to happen or which are sort of the, um, the most important spots on the map uh, if you control that spot then you control the map and so on yeah you need to you need to balance the amount of map you can effectively control from a single from a single position yeah uh, it's like it's very important to which goes sort of back to you know balancing the options available to you like if you've got a map where one single spot is overwhelmingly uh important for the entire map you're going to reduce the variety of tactical play in the map because it becomes basically not uh, optional you always need to control that bit of the map in order to win yeah. so uh, it sort of limits the game into the map into fighting over that spot instead of a more ver- varied larger uh, style of game like uh, going away from Counter-Strike, if you've got an arena shooter or something with pickups and you've got the sniper rifle pickup at a really cool high vantage point with good vision. But if you make that spot too good for the sniper so that a team that catches the sniper is going to be able to efficiently use that sniper to attack any bit of the map while anyone else is going to struggle attacking that position with the sniper now there you've made a bad map or um, at least you're at least you've turned uh if it's a free for all as arenas usually are or deathmatch or some, something like this or, yeah, or even a cap- yeah team deathmatch uh you've essentially changed the sort of the style of the map from uh team deathmatch to king of the hill Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and then you're still going to need to make it so there are good options in assaulting that position. Because if you've made a yeah. king of the hill map where where the first people to take control of the hill are going to win, that's not good either. Yeah, yeah, it's not really. Uh, it, it is a king of the hill map, but it's not a good king of the hill map. Yeah, it's, it's not king of the hill. It's a uh, how to say runner to the hill kind well, of game. Yeah. yeah. King, King of the castle on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was just... Uh, because, I mean, let's, we have to change topic every five minutes, I guess. That's the rule. <laughs> Clearly. So, <laughs> I was just thinking that about uh, map control. So and it's compared to Counter-Strike or Call of Duty or whatever, this kind of small squad game. A Battlefield game is much... Well, the old battlefield is based on map control. That's, I mean, that's, that's the old basically. How is it called? No, I don't even remember anymore. Anyway, the the map control is the way to win the game. You need to control mm, more points yeah. in the map, but it's a completely different type of map control because you're just controlling an area of the map that is really big, and, it, and 
also the contribution of one player is much less. So if you do some stupid things, it matters much, much less. So that then made, made, me, made me think about why are all the competitive games always either one one with one? That's mostly the StarCraft. That's the one that comes to my mind or fighting games or five v five. They are never bigger because then Probably. you lose the, the team kind of, uh, it's less interesting for the viewer and also it's much harder to really make it competitive in a larger scale. And the scale of one counts much less. Um, I don't know. Uh, those might be contributing factors, but I think also an important factor is uh, how easy is it for people to start playing your game? How easy is it for for an amateur team to just play ca- play uh, uh, casually competitive games? Uh, yeah, like if, the, the if, old if, team. If you need if you need twenty six people yeah, in your true. team at the same time, you're going to have luck. a lot of trouble organizing a, a regular team to play with. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that is true. The the, the, the team yeah. is going to be impossible to assemble. Yeah, so sort of like uh, five ish people is with some effort probably Doable, manageable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you can play pretty regularly with five-ish people. And it also, and, um, yeah. the, the more people you have, the, the more difficult it becomes to, I mean, obviously, um, set up all the all the dates and then times so when do we play and so on. But also, you have to already have some sort of structure if you have more than 10 people. So you have to, you have to start having someone who is the leader, someone who is sort of, you know, I mean, once you go above... Uh, 10, once you go to the old uh, vanilla World of Warcraft raids, so 40 people. Yeah, like 30 people. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have a leader and then you have to have sort of lieutenants or lieutenants or however it's. it's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, you, need to compare, you, you need to compartmentalize your organization. You need to really yeah. have uh, some sort of a hierarchy of stuff. Yeah, and while, and while this is this is extremely interesting and rewarding once you actually be, you're able to do it and and also a very good skill to even know in real life it's it's uh, it's not really playing a game at that point anymore um, at least for for the leaders or the the ones organizing the thing it's, it's more I mean it becomes its own sort of meta game but um, that that's that's uh, like a very very large barrier to get over if you it is, yeah. if you're 13 or 15 or and you just want to play with your friends and become the best player in the world but that's kind of funny yeah. because uh, in uh, traditional sports it's much easier to have bigger teams in a way how many people, how many people do you have on the on the is it called a field in football yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on, on the field at the same time right? well it's 11, it's 11 versus 11 so yeah. 11 people that's that's still not that much and no, no, but like, there are no competitive uh, esports that go more than five that, that's true yeah but there are no eight or ten like it's yeah it's always yeah, like, maximum five <laughs> so uh, i don't know <laughs> maybe people many, are used to that i think in yeah in american football you also have quite a few players on the field there might be even more yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure, uh, but like stuff like ice hockey and you know 
Basket, basketball, those are, I don't know, five, six. Yeah, hockey, ice hockey has five plus the goalie. So six, even okay. in tradition, even in traditional sports, you're not going to have that. Uh, I I would argue that the there the games that have significantly more players on the field than than the five or six are outliers. Or, or very bad, like football. Just just a, just a quick anecdote. Uh, we can after this we can continue. Uh, talking about why why this might be, but I heard from a radio one morning that apparently there was this um, horse polo game. I don't remember the country where it was played. Probably in. India. Might have been India, yeah, yeah, or somewhere around those parts. England. Definitely wasn't England, but anyway, um, apparently in this one village they used to have uh, games which had almost the entire village playing it. So. They used to have one game that had around 1,000 participants, and uh, sort of the size of the uh, air quotes field was uh, something like five kilometers in size. Okay, that's pretty epic. <laughs> I'm, I'm isn't not isn't that also one of the sort of uh, at least uh, I've been told a story that that's sort of also the origin of origin of football, like villages playing against each other and the goal is to get the ball to the center of the opposing village and then you've got like the people of both villages that just sort of trying to move the ball across the <laughs> across the <laughs> difference between the two villages in order to score a point and, and might, the game. might be might be might be there is still in italy this uh hmm. how's it called it's this football game they play in uh, firenze it's come Weird shit. I don't know the rules, but that is played in like I don't know how many people are there. Like maybe twenty, thirty per team. Some crazy amount. Hmm. Oh, these, sorry. these are clearly the battlefield of <laughs> of football games. Yeah, and they are not professionally played, of course. Yeah. Um. Uh, since we since we went this direction, another very quick. Uh, hmm point or anecdote something that i used to enjoy when i was a teenager i mean one of the most fun things you could do um was where i live i lived in a small village uh almost everyone uh all the boys from the ages between let's say 10 and 15 uh, used to take part in this during summer we had, we actually played capture the flag in the entire village so that oh, we had that sounds we, cool we decided for example the um the high school was uh, one base and then uh the um elementary school was the other base and and the distance between them was like two or three kilometers and then you used to have like i don't know 30 people on one side and 30 people on one side we all gather in one one spot on one evening and then sort of divided the teams and then uh decided where the border goes and and started playing it was it was Holy crap, it was so much fun. That sounds dope as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that, that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, that was a real-life battlefield. Extremely yeah. fun. But yeah. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any idea how we're going to go back to the topic? Well, um, what, what might be the no. reasons? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, what might be the reasons why... Um, wait. I forgot. Shit. Um, I completely blacked out. 
I had a one good point. I had one good point related to the size of people in in, in or number of people in games, but I completely forgot that now. Um, well, we talked about. Oh yeah, yeah, the, dif- yeah. the difficulty of organ- yeah. Go ahead. Why, why, it, why it might be so that, it, for example, in in football or in traditional sports, there might be a more uh, a greater number of people. My assumption is that it's it's usually the games are um, they don't have sort of any hidden information. They are open yeah. field games, and sort of everyone can always see everything. This might have something to do with it. Yeah, it, it definitely makes the communication a lot easier. You don't yeah. need to figure out the, a, a way to tell your defenders that the opposing team has the ball now and is going to uh, is is proceeding towards your own goal in this area of the field with this many people in this configuration. You can just rely on the defenders seeing that. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's probably uh, a pretty big part of it. Yeah. We actually had it. Also, also the the mechanics of the game are usually quite a lot simpler. Yeah, yeah, because basically you are limited by physics and your own body. Yeah, you're going to have you know in football and and ice hockey, you're going to have the the snipers as well. But the difference between the guy who's really good at putting the thing you're going to put in the goal in the specific bit of the goal and the other players isn't going to be as uh, as definitive as in a video game where one one person has a an eight times zoom scope on his high power powered rifle and another player has a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also it's um the fact that I mean if you are five and you think that you're you can also play competitive but doesn't need to be like with the same team you just d- drop in and play with five well, four other people then if you're five there is some way you can coordinate with strangers if you're 10 just imagine 10 people speaking at the same time that's just not going to yeah. work or so 10 that's... people doing something and speaking at all yeah that's even worse but that's why like in the last battlefield the battlefield one you can only speak with your squad that is five people and the team is 32 for example so it's always keep it limited five just because okay it's five and you can actually speak to each other without everybody having a different idea okay let's go there no no we are going here and then okay fuck it. does it have some sort of an overall commander that can issue sort of strategic commands to the different teams not anymore you oh, can dance. You can see. Well, it's first world war, so that makes sense. They were communicating with piece of paper, so it's actually cool. But you can kind of the team leader, that's the squad leader, give order to the squad, and you see what the other squad order is. So you can see, okay, our squad is attacking there. We can attack here and there. So it's much more limited and less interaction between squads, but. It makes but you, sense. But you, you still have game. some information about what the other squads are probably yeah, yeah. sort of doing. Yeah. So yeah, you can they, make yeah. informed decisions instead of just doing whatever the fuck and just hoping the other yeah. teams are going to. There is some way of kind of, if the people playing are decent, then you can do it pretty yeah, well. Good. Some, something that I uh, sort of used to dream when I, when the last time I, was, I played, I think I owned Battlefield 4. I think I, I played that. So. Um, it was actually pretty cool watching the map and uh, seeing that the uh, sort of the positions of the enemies are 
popped out on the map based on on uh, visual cues or, or rather visual spotting of actual players. So if I spot an enemy, then it shows uh, up on the map yeah. to to the yeah. players. So I used to think, I mean, it, it would be extremely cool to have a slightly more tactical version or even just a battlefield where there's one player on both sides. So you have like 64 uh, against 64 plus one on each side uh, who are the commanders and they can, they only sort of play on the map. So they and can... Battlefield 4 is like that. No, no, no. No, I no. mean, when I, when I play Battlefield 4, I... No, no, you can't. Yeah, yeah. They want, I have this story that is really cool that uh, if you play the commander, you don't need to. So it's not that every game there is someone. You have to go and say, I want to play the commander, and you don't get to shoot. You just check them up. It oh, can you actually do that. It's not used very much because it's not in the <laughs> game itself. You kind of have to do it before you start. And so the one game I was playing with a friend, and then there was Nicola that was also playing. Like we are there, like, oh, why is he playing Battlefield 4 and it's not playing with us? And then we discovered later that the one game we played, he was the commander of the other team. Oh no! I mean, this, this so is that, actually, that is it's really cool. Yeah, this is actually exactly what I was uh, sort of thinking would be so cool to. to it's clearly that. not. It's clearly not that well communicated if you uh, played yeah, the no. game and had and no it's not, idea. And it's not yeah. really much yeah. used. But it's if you have it, uh, if if you're actually speaking with the pe- person that is uh, doing the commander, it can like shoot rockets to some objectives, give mm. tanks around. I don't remember, but. It's it's effective. It's really good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, overall, even if just uh, the only thing you're doing is coordinating, so you don't have any power ups to give, or you don't have any all your your all powers are uh, drawing things on the map and talking to people. Yeah, that well, you be, cannot really okay talk to people. It's hard, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it would be, and of course, this again needs it, this wouldn't work on a random map. But I I can imagine this would because these games have. Uh, private servers and, and so on, sort of dedicated yeah. servers for different kind of things. Um, I think it could be possible to have a server where there's only this kind of play, and the commanders are basically giving orders to the squad leaders. So basically just what we uh, yeah. mentioned about 60 players playing, where there's one 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 person is the commander and talking to, I don't know, six six or five other people, and these are then sort of the group leaders giving commands to their own groups and then sort of deciding uh, on, on which actual physical route do you take to go to your objective. Yeah, it, that would be really the best way to play Battlefield 4, but it's really difficult to, even if you try, people don't listen to you. Yeah. You have to do something <laughs> yeah. that where all the people you know that they are going to play like that. The commander yeah, actually yeah. is it's doing the things and they follow it. And because you yeah, can yeah. tell, okay, you squad, Alpha go to here, the Bravo go there, and sometimes some people start following you if it works, and it's really cool. But you know, people in the internet. Yeah, yeah it would need a, like a spe- very specific community set up yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, that meal spec, that meal sim community that just does it as a as a thing that okay, yeah, follow these things better. And probably, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you 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 get that stuff in Arma. Yeah, and <laughs> there might be big some... enough communities to play with. Yeah. Yeah, so Butterfield might have, I don't know. And I'm sure, okay. like, uh, I'm sure Project Reality is still alive, and that's going to have a much uh, more dedicated, like, simulation community than the basic games. Uh, that would be nice, actually, to try. 
Yeah, so we are completely out of the topic and don't even remember what we were speaking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a pretty good time to stop. We have talked yeah. about... Yes, like yes, it is. Yeah, and we managed to go from a map in Counter-Strike to the simulation of <laughs> Battlefield 4 in the cool servers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, is yeah it, okay. Is it maybe slightly apparent that it's really late and we're tired? Yeah, yeah that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, then we can uh, stop it here and let's see what's going on next week if we find some better topic to speak about or we go back to technology or something like that next time. But for now, that's okay. Okay, and bye-bye. Bye. And bye. of course, I wait. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that I have to stop the conversation. So in the meanwhile, you can follow us on Twitter because why not? And now, bye-bye.